This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Dr. Vic here and excited to be with you as every Friday we have a chance to discuss, have a conversation with someone I bring to you guys that I believe will level up in your life in some way, shape or form, some aspect of life. And sometimes it may be a little out there. Sometimes it's crystal clear, but it relates to our life, especially in the mind and how it affects us. This week, I had a blast chatting with Andre uh, Peredis, and it was really a nice conversation. He's an awesome guy. He shares an amazing story. And he goes very deep into the three phases of his life of where he is and how he became where he where he's at today. And he shares his, his journey, how dancing is related to relationships and so much more. But before I dive into our convo a little here, let me tell you a little bit about him. So Andre Peredis is a relationship coach, NLP coach, educator of effective communications, published writer, public speaker, ordained minister. He grew up in Canada. He went on to a vacation in Los Angeles and was scouted and became a professional. Got an agent, auditioned, and booked work that led to a life of unforgettable experiences, dancing with legends including Michael Jackson, Prince Paula Abdul, Julio Iglesias, to name a few. He met his wife and they settled in L.A. where they opened AP Auto Body. By 2006, they had two beautiful kids. Then he attended a workshop called Understanding Women. He then studied and learned from some of the biggest relationship masters like Dr. Pat Allen, Dr. Esther Pearl, Dr. John Gray, Shanti Feldman, and Allison Armstrong. 
He started sharing his knowledge with friends and family. He saw that this knowledge actually helped people lead happier lives with the people they loved. He found a new purpose in life, the big calling deep inside him. He then sold his successful auto shop and launched Project Equinox Coaching to help men and women learn to build stronger, lasting, and healthy, loving relationships. He, and for some clients, he even officiated their wedding. How cool is that? Um, I'm going to apologize right up front. I didn't even ask him about his experiences with like Michael Jackson and Prince and Paula Abdul. So I'm going to have to probably have him back on just to have that conversation and go deeper into that. But it's an amazing conversation we had. We talked a lot about more his story and then extrapolating from that and, and how what he had to go through to how to change his identity from being the professional dancer and teacher and all that he did there to shift into an auto body owner, uh, you know, auto body shop to own. And then taking it from there to go and then become a relationship coach. And then we talk a little bit about how dancing and relationships and how they all interconnected so much more. So this is a great conversation. This is a, definitely a part one, and we'll have them back in the near future for a part two. But without any further ado, here is Andre Paradis. Andre, welcome to the show, my friend. <laughs> yes, good morning. Thank you, Victor. Uh, I am excited to have you on. I saw you come through. I looked at my due diligence and we're going to have some awesome, we were already having some good convos before we even got on here. So I'm excited to go even deeper for the listeners. So uh, with no further ado, my listeners know how I kind of like to do things. And that is let's discuss, let's talk, tell us your story, tell us how you got into what you're doing today. What's the, been the journey like to pivot you and make you be like, yeah, this is why I want to do this. This is where I'm here and so much more. Let's go brother. Do you really want that story? That's a long story. <laughs> However you want to take it. But well, like you know, I hope, you, know you, can, you can help me out real quick if I get carried away. But I, so I, I'll tell you, I have, my life has three folds. I've had three like distinct lives within my lifetime so far. And so I born French Canadian in Quebec City, uh, number four out of five kids. And uh <sighs> Unusual family, to say the least, and I don't mean that in a good way. So <clears throat> all I remember, the big, the big smack in the head at five years old, when I, my conscious came uh, connected to my feelings, <clears throat> when I could put words to my feelings, I realized at five years old, I remember the moment sitting on the stairs, you know, <clears throat> uh, to the basement, I realized it could kick to the head, like, I don't belong here. This, there was a mistake made somewhere in the sky, but these are not, these are not my people. They don't like me. I don't belong here. Like, I don't fit in. There's something really, really wrong. Really weird as a five-year-old. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a hell of a kick in the head, right? And uh, it wasn't a – I just – I'd been so afraid. I had a sense of that. <clears throat> but that, that moment, it came together. So there was no more fear. There was more, there was more a <clears throat> resignation. And I guess it's all, it's all on me. Like, I'm going to have to take care of you. Five. And I fed a house with seven people. Figure that out. But that's, that was the thing, right? So I remember, like, you know, from then on, like, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. I don't know how that's possible, but I would get up by myself in the morning. I would get dressed by myself in the morning. There was nobody around. I guess everybody else got up later. I, I don't know how that's possible. I would get dressed. I would make breakfast. I would get outside in the snow and walk to school. Alone. Like, and it's interesting. So I became a little beast, I guess, survival-wise. Like it was just me to count on. And in some level, I feel like I raised myself. <clears throat> but that said, strange childhood, disconnected, nobody's friend, you know, kind of the odd kid on the block. Like, how do you fit in when you don't fit in your own house? How do you connect with people when you can connect with your very own sibling? 
<clears throat> so, odd kid. Um, in high school, fast forward, I'm at 16 years old. I went to a private high school. Uh, and for PE, this is really interesting, because I was a loner, I was a swimmer. So you, you found me alone at the bottom of the pool, typically, just sitting at the bottom of the pool. It reminded me of the wound. Some, some, it was a different world. It was peaceful. I liked it. There was nobody around. Whatever. <clears throat> so uh, one year for PE, at the beginning of the year, this cute little girl, this tall, little French girl, comes up to me because you had to sign in for a different PE. You had choices. We had choices for PE. And she says, oh, my God, you know, you want to you do ballroom with me for PE? We have to sign as a couple. And I go, ballroom? Like bottom dancing, right? And so I'm like, what? What do you say? If we need, I need, I want, if we don't want to do it, but I need a partner. We don't, you can't do it just by yourself. I'm like, I'm looking at this thing. I didn't even know she knew I was alive. Cute little thing. I get to put my hands on her and yeah, <laughs> right? Geek, like geek, you know, geek over here. And my, my second thought was I won't have to change. This is Canada. And right, like, I won't have to get freaking naked to get in the pool and freeze and get back. No changing. Cute girl, yes. So, <clears throat> get in, get into class. I think a week later. I've never done this in my life, and this is a surprise and a gift. The first class, whatever the teacher would teach, I could just instantly copy, like instantly copy. Which was like, well, that's interesting. I have a girl in my arms. That should be awkward, but no, I could just take her. I, I see what he's doing. And I, so really quickly, I became like his assistant, you know, the best student, the star boy in the class, all the geek, geek to like stud. What? And not stud, but more like popular. Like I was the one they all wanted to dance with because I. Anyway, so it was such a an incredible sort of gift and a sad kid who now would actually be able to that was good as something it was a gift from god and something about dancing music coming together you know with a girl in your arm just like made me smile and i think i probably smiled for the first time in my life in that class <clears throat> but it became my thing right every week every week that's all i look forward to the damn dance class and practicing in between of course and you know cha-chaing the girls around the hallway it's just because i'm like and all of a sudden like self-esteem right gift feeling something important feeling important. And then it literally became, that's all I wanted to feel. I wanted to be happy. It made me happy. Like even sweating, you know, the dopamine of that, just the, the physicality of it, you know, kind of brings up your, you know, your chemistry. And I felt happy. It made me happy. Never been happy in my life. So, you know, you can guess what happened is I made that a career. So I, there's no money to be made in ballroom dancing, but I moved to the West Coast at 19. I was fully trained by then and started competing I moved to the West Coast on my own, <clears throat> and there's no ballroom on the West Coast. It's all flash dance, jazzercise, jazzercise, you know, sweatbands and headbands. And I'm like, what the hell? But there was nothing else available. So what am I? I ended up in the jazz class one day on a Saturday morning. And uh, that was hard. The stretching, and the, you know, like in ballroom, you don't stretch. You don't, you know, you don't do any of this. You don't even. Anyway. Uh, the challenge of that turned me on. So started going to class on a regular basis. Now, this is, again, the insane level. This is my life as a book. In three months in jazz dancing, I got a scholarship. They thought I was talented enough. They would 
pay me to keep going. What? So this is the beginning. So within that scholarship, 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 I ended up even in a ballet studio because I have the ba- they, they call it the perfect ballet frame. My feet are turned on, my hips are small, my, whatever. So a proportion for that world. So I never was going to be a ballet dancer, but I, they, I was trained professionally as a ballet dancer, like the basis of all dances, right? It's a framework. Very difficult, very linear, very strength-based uh, for free. So I became commercially, professionally, you know, uh, trained again free as I'm working and training at night in the morning, trying night in the morning, try to, and I'm working in between construction construction because be, I decided that I was going to try to do this for a living because that's the only thing that made me happy. So fully trained, started working uh, in Vancouver, you know, but Vancouver, because I live in Vancouver at the time, very spotty little job. There's nothing much to do, <clears throat> you know, with this party entertainment, all that stuff, but that's making money, a little bit of money at what I love to do, but that's no life. Anyway, one I fly to Los Angeles because in the business of dancing, people don't really necessarily know this, um, people travel and there's conventions and there's, you know, people from like different places, especially LA and New York will travel in the summer for summer camps and competition studios around the world, you know, around the United States. Anyway, so one of the guys that I met that's from LA, that was from LA, uh, became a friend because he used to come up all the time every winter, every summer throughout the year to do specialty classes. Anyway. So I became friends with him. He invites me to LA to help him do his demo reel because it's like actors, dancers, choreographers have a demo reel to submit for work. So he says, I'm doing my demo. I want you to come down to LA for a couple of weeks, make that a vacation because I'm Canadian, you know, and he says, you know, you'll be dance captain. We'll be the thing together, blah, blah, blah. I can stay in my house. So I drive down with my girlfriend. This is like a movie. <laughs> we, we drove into town on a Thursday night. And the studio that we trained at on Saturday night, there was a dancer party, party for dancers in Los Angeles. Like the people that I wanted to be part of, right? The people who did what I did for a living in this town, music videos, you know, like shows. Like So that evening, I'm like dancing with my girl. Hey, oh, hey, we're in LA. Whoa, yeah. Uh, all the people that I want to be part of, and I'm actually, you know, vacationing. And in the corner of this studio in the party, there's this old gentleman, doesn't belong there. He's an older guy, doesn't belong there. We're all 25 years old. Old guy, and he's looking at me. And I'm with my girl, "Ah, and he's looking at me. And I turn my back. (laughs) And then I go, and he's looking at me, and he's looking at me, and he's looking at me. And then I go, what the, right? And I go, oh, wait, we're in LA. Okay, I got it. I get it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm Canadian, right? I get it. So I remember. I remember. T- I, go ahead. No, I was just saying Canadians know how to party, from what I know. That too, uh, French Canadian dude. <laughs> but this is like anyway. So, <clears throat> and then I, I keep trying to ignore him because it was kind of creepy. You know what I mean? And in those days, I was so polite. Today, I would just be different. <laughs> but like. <laughs> And then at one point, I turned around the guy, my buddy, who asked me to come down and help him. His name was Dana. I see Dana talking to the old guy. And they're talking about me. I can tell. They're talking. They're looking at me. They're talking about me. I'm all, okay. Now, Dana is gay. He knows I'm not. I'm, sitting, I'm with my girl. <laughs> anyway. So, and then Dana weighs me over. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? 
Really? But again, I'm too polite to flip him off. So I walk over, like saunter, like just rolling my eyes. And he goes, Andre, meet, meet, what's his name? Um, Steve, meet Steve. You know, and I literally turned my head away from Steve and I go, hey, nice to meet you, because I think I know what's happening. And uh, so then I grabs him, he goes, Steve, excuse us one second, right? He grabs him at the elbow and it was like, exit door for the parking lot and the back of the studio, right? He throws me outside. He goes right in my face, he's stalling me, and he goes, um, you want to chill out, motherfucker? <laughs> he goes, this is Steve Merritt. He's got a huge show that he's looking for a dancer to replace. He's been not able to find somebody in town auditioning to replace, and he's, you're perfect for the job. So you want to say hi to Steve properly, you dumbass? <laughs> right? And then, well, ooh, right? So I go back inside of Steve. Nice to meet you. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I became a whole different, like, you know, sure. Anyway, <clears throat> so he starts talking. Dana tells me, you're talented, da-da-da-da. He's said, I've been auditioning in town for four months. It's, it's, I can't replace this guy that I lost in the show that I'm doing. I'm doing this big show. You know, he says, you're exactly what I'm looking for. Are you interested? I go, well, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, and I go, what's the show? He goes, Chippendales International. Yeah. And I'm all instantly like dancers, like actors can be very snooty, very snooty. Right. And I'm going, oh, Chippendales, I'm not a stripper. I look like a stripper, though. I'm not a stripper. I'm built like one. I go, I'm not a stripper. I'm a professionally trained, you know, contemporary commercial jazz dancer. Oh, right. Like, <laughs> like, and he looks at me, he goes, all right. He goes, how much money are you making being a contemporary professional jazz dancer? I'm all, ouch. <laughs> he goes, well, he goes, I need you in the show because we use real dancers because the guys, the big guys don't necessarily dance well. So we kind of blend it all in because we need you guys to be the talent on the stage. But you have to look the part. You get all that. So this is Saturday night. He goes, so we start Monday morning. We're, we're in, in rehearsal for three weeks. And we're off to the road, on the road for three months at a time in cycles. $1,000 a week, plus, 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 plus. Everything's paid for. This is like back then, right? He goes, what do you say? I'm all, yeah, I think that's going to work for me. <laughs> and this was my first big, big professional job, right? <clears throat> I was in Canada this whole time working this little gig. <clears throat> Talked to, <clears throat> talk to my girlfriend. She's like, of course, you have to go. I mean, her, her and I was the summer fling. I knew her for years and she, whatever. So I, we knew it was just momentarily. It's like, of course, go. So I took the job. I was on the road doing that for a year and a half. It was incredibly fantastic. You know, the geek, geek, geek to... Dude, I could tell you stories that would make your hair curly like this, right? This Can you make my hair grow back? Oh, well, maybe. Because <laughs> I got the curls. You can't see it anymore, but, you know, just throwing it out there. Just seeing. I was just hoping it was hopeful. Maybe, maybe. <clears throat> so, I mean, sex, drugs, rock and roll, right? That life is just, again, from geek to, like, celebrity life. Everything, every, everywhere we went, we knew, people knew who we were, like, because we kind of did the uh, New York to Florida east coast tour we're traveling by bus sometimes by plane doing hitting all the big hotels all the way down the coast all the cities like east coast there was the east coast company there was me there was a west coast company there was a two clubs there was a club in new york 
in a club in Los Angeles. Chippendales is huge, but we're just a handful, handful of us. So it, fun, 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 but a crazy life, like just party and dance and party and drugs and food and girls. And, <clears throat> and that was amazing, but I'm a smart guy and I'm not training when I'm on the road because you can't, right? You do the show, but it's not really training. You're not, and dancers, commercial dancers, contemporary dancers are highly tuned, right? It's like a, 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 like a singer. You have to use, you have to keep practicing your, your skill. Otherwise, your timing. Anyway, so I remember feeling myself, I'm making a living, but this is not what I want to do for a living. This is just a job. I'm on the road. Sounds fun and glamorous, but after a while, it is just grinding. Hotel room to hotel room to bus to hotels to planes. So, and the worst part of me is like, I'm still pretty traditional inside. I'm very traditional inside, even though I look like an animal. Uh, one of my, one of the guys in the show, Kevin, which was like the king, the king of the guys, if you want, like the one that got the most attention, like the alpha male of the group, Kevin, <clears throat> had been doing it for five years. And Kevin was completely twisted by then. Like what it does to you, that kind of lifestyle is like, you know, without going into details, you get twisted. Your reality gets twisted. You think you're a star, if you're not. You're treated like a star, but you're not. Women, you lose respect for women altogether because the things that they, they're willing to do to get to you when we're talking about 2,000 women, two shows a night, 2,000 women per show. And our part of our contracts, we had to sign <clears throat> after the second show. We Back in those days, every hotel had a bar, not, uh, not a bar, but a club. Like every hotel had a club inside, right? So there's a disco and a bar and a dance, dance, the club at every... And we had to come back after the second show and sign calendars, sign the T-shirts, whatever they bought. You know, of course, they turned into signing their bras, into signing their tits, into signing their asses. And that's how when the, all the madness happened always after the show. So Kevin had been doing this for so long. And again, the things that these women who hang out to get to us at the end, they've been drinking since 3 o'clock in the afternoon, some of them. They're trying to, you know, seduce us with drugs and... Oh, so you lose respect for all women because this is all you see all day long. It's very interesting how that creeps into your head. Your reality is so twisted and it's so weird. And as much as it's fun, oh, it's like, I, I, and I'm not getting into it, but it's, I, I remember thinking, if I, if I started thinking, I started saying things to myself like Kevin used to say out loud, you know, they're all whores. They're, all not, they're not worth this. They're all the same. You know what I mean? Because that's all we see. Young, old, black, white, everything. And it does. It sort of imprints you. That's all you see. And I remember thinking, one day I had that thought. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm turning to Kevin. And I knew that Kevin was never going to be normal at any chance at a relationship ever. You can't. After this kind of life, I can't. So I quit. I quit. <laughs> and the guys are like, you're so stupid. There's like 15 of us in the world, right? 15 at each touring company, you know, two. And then the guys at the club are like, yeah, I know, but I'm going to get back to my life. This is not, this is a job. This is a job. This is not getting me anywhere, right? It's giving me some money, but what's Kevin going to put on his resume when he gets out of here 10 years from now? I was on the road with Chip and for 15 years. Like, what kind of, you know what I mean? And now he's 45 years old. Like, <laughs> right? Anyway, so. I, I quit. I, I fly to LA because now I have money. They save all that money. So I fly to LA. I get established. I get an agent. I start the, the, the auditioning tour, you know, music videos, movies, television shows, blah, blah, blah. This is what dancers do in LA. And the business is here. And I started working, which is 
great. And it took me a little bit to get the groove of auditioning is a whole different beast. It's a whole learning curve. But eventually I got the hang of it. I was talented. I knew that. So I could do anything I wanted. Anyway, so fast forward to working with Michael Jackson, working with Prince, working with Paul Abdul for two years. I went around the world choreographing, teaching, producing shows as a choreographer and working with the big elite guy, people. Great stuff. Stage one, of, stage one of my life, right? So often people think I'm a coach because I could make it as a dancer. That's not it. <laughs> I made it until I didn't want to do this anymore. So what had happened is my wife is a ballerina and we met in, as I was teaching classes as well. So you come back off the road with Michael Jackson, you have your own dance class in town. Guess what happens to the size of your dance class? This is the guy who works with Michael Jackson. This is the guy who works with Prince. This is the guy who works with Paul Abdul, right? So there's a whole like business of the business. <clears throat> so we all teach, we all choreograph, and we all perform. So in my class, <laughs> my wife walked in one day. Well, there you go. Oops. <laughs> Ballerina, straight up from the East Coast, out of a ballet company, you know, wants to learn to do jazz dancing, wants to do that part of her, the dance life. It's a completely different life from ballerina. But anyway, it became my wife. Uh, she traveled as much as I did, not quite as much because her business style is different, but sometimes we'll be in the air at the same time. I'm come, I remember coming back from Thailand and she was flying to China the same day. Like we crossed in the air, you know. So we got to be married quite a while, a few years before we started a family, but eventually we started a family. Um, and this is when I quit. What I did is actually opened a car business in Los Angeles to keep me grounded because I was not going to be the absentee, absentee dad. I was going to be at every meet. I was going to be at every recital. I was going to be right. So I opened a car business literally six minutes from my house and the school was two blocks away. So I was at every, the two of us were always at everything throughout the kid's life. We're always, always there. 10 o'clock in the morning, we were there. Two o'clock in the afternoon, we were there. The, the Halloween parade before class started, you know, Halloween day. I was there fully disguised, <laughs> you know, like always part of my kid's life because that's was important to me because I didn't have that. So successful car business in Los Angeles, the car business, if you're any good, if you pay attention a little bit, no brainer, no brainer. So I built this credible business. I'm a car guy. My, my brothers all were all car guys. So that was a no brainer. I like classic cars. So I restore cars for myself. So the business took care of me and my car addiction. Right, managed to raise my family, buy a house, and lots of all that stuff. So I did this for like twenty plus years, but I'm still a teacher inside of me. I'm still a performer inside of me. Right, I'm still all these things are still who I am. And I haven't told you this, but I have an insatiable appetite for learning. I can't stop learning. To this day, I'm still constantly researching and learning. And if you have something that I don't know, I want to know it, whether or not it relates to anything that I'm doing. You know, if you're a specialist in something, I want it, you know. So I started, I started taking personal development workshops starting at 23 years old. I never stopped. Anyway, so at one point, I fly to San Jose, which is Northern California, uh, for a business workshop because I'd taken my business to the point that I could, I was, see, I was at the ceiling of, with my knowledge, I, was, I couldn't make anything more out of it. I wanted more. So, of course, I'm in a business workshop for three days. On the way back, flying from that, I, I met this couple in the workshop. 
And the girl was sitting in the same row on the plane. And she goes, what are you doing next weekend? I go, oh, I'm off on the weekend. She goes, oh, you want to come to a workshop next Saturday? Of course. Because <laughs> that's my brain. You know, she's inviting me to a free workshop. These cost hundreds of that, you know, and sometimes thousand dollars. <clears throat> of course. And I go, so what's the workshop? And she goes, oh, it's called Understanding Women. Now, you have to understand with my life, since I started dancing, that was not an issue ever. So I'm thinking, okay, well, now I've committed myself to something that I'm not interested in very much. But I went, as I said I would. <clears throat> it's free. I'm flattered, whatever. Thinking it was going to be cute. What are you going to teach me? <laughs> right? I walked in there Saturday morning backwards because I didn't want to go because I wanted to sleep in instead. Whatever. And 400 people in the room. Oh, not cute. Something and the vibe, right? It's like something, there's something big here. Right? Sit down. Alison Armstrong is a teacher. She's pretty famous now in Los Angeles. She does a lot of men and women dynamic stuff and relationship stuff. Now, I wasn't looking for that stuff. My wife and I are great. You know, we have a baby and a toddler. <clears throat> you know, we have my she's my angel. We get along, you know, it's easy to go. So I'm just there because I was offered. And what I discovered that day, <clears throat> at the end of the day, my brain was all over the wall, <laughs> just splattered all over the wall. <clears throat> and it scared the shit out of me, excuse my French, because I realized that day how much I knew nothing. First, I knew nothing about women, but more scary than nothing about my wife. And understood the things that I do just because I'm a guy that are completely just harmless, normal, just me doing what I need to do, constantly hurt her feelings. Not only constantly hurt her feelings, but she thinks that I know what I'm doing when I'm hurting her feelings. And sometimes I'm probably doing it on purpose. <gasps> How long can a woman hang in there? Because that's what it occurs to them. That's what it appears. That's not what we're doing, but that's how, you know. And so I'm thinking, all my siblings are married and divorced like two, three times, one, four. I have my baby. Everything's going well. I'm not going to be a statistic because I don't know how to do this. Or I don't, you know what I mean? So my brain can, blah, so I go and learn all this stuff. <clears throat> now I have the shop, the successful shop, and all of a sudden I find myself in the world of personal development, but in the relationship dynamics. It's 2006. I took all their curriculum for us. That was just doing it for us. That was for me to make sure that we were going to be not a statistic. I needed to know how to make this work without blind spot. Of course, I became a workshop leader for the company because I'm a teacher. <laughs> I've been traveling the world, teaching thousands at a time in some classes. This is just an extension of who I am, but it's a different topic, which is I find tantalizing. Phase two of my life is now over. Even though the shop was running, I became the worship guy, right? So after that company, I didn't hang in there for working with them. There was too much political stuff. But I started training with other masters, Dr. John Gray, Mars and Venus, Shanti Felhan in the South. There's a whole thing about love and respect. Uh, Dr. Esther Perel, who's famous now. At the time, she wasn't. New York City, she's a French therapist, does, uh, teach, deals with intimacy sex you know and and why people cheat and the whole like you know she calls it uh mating in captivity is a big book which she's got six now so esther perel was part of my learning there so i and then dr pat allen in, here in los angeles who's the most famous family child uh, family child what is the mfc uh family child marriage relationship uh, therapist 
she I trained with her for three and a half years. And so all the stuff that I learned, these five masters, sort of all relating to the relationship, but in different angles. Alison Armstrong is to anthropology. John Gray is all about chemistry of our bodies, the trees of thinking. Dr. Allen is all 44 years of her training and her experience with therapy and what she discovers about that. Anyway, so I have a cocktail of stuff that's incredible. I've never stopped training. And a few years back, in the throes of running a business and becoming a relationship coach, because then, of course, people come start coming at me, my friends first. And now I'm the coach. I'm the coach. I'm the coach. But I'm also a body shop guy. A bit. <laughs> and eventually, it got so big because both grew that I, I – so I actually sold my successful – business in Los Angeles car business. I was lucky that I owned the business and the property. I sold everything and became full-time with a ship coach. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here. Here is a word from our sponsor. The last two years have been crazy. We've never experienced anything like it in our lifetimes. We've never experienced such an effect on our mental well-being. Unfortunately, a lot of us have been beaten down by anxiety, stress, and poor sleep due to all the uncertainty in the world. And if you're a working parent, you've had the extra difficulty of keeping your kids occupied 24-7 while trying to work from home, and that's just not an easy task. So if you feel exhausted and burnt out, you're not alone. There are tens of thousands of people in a similar place right now. The question is, what can we do to enhance our mental wellness and recapture our zest for life? One critical thing I'm advising all my family and friends to do is take magnesium breakthrough daily. Here's why. Stress and anxiety deplete your magnesium levels. Low magnesium levels then contribute to more anxiety. It's a vicious cycle. By supplementing with magnesium breakthrough, you can break that cycle because you'll be getting seven unique forms of organic full spectrum magnesium for stress relief and better sleep all in one bottle. Taking Magnesium Breakthrough will help you to experience more energy, stronger bones, healthier blood pressure, less irritability, a calmer mood, reduced muscle cramping, even fewer migraines. And because it supports mental wellness, Magnesium Breakthrough can help you finally feel yourself again. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be amazed by the improvements in your mood and your energy levels and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, Go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash Dr. Vic and use Dr. Vic 10 during checkout to save 10% and get free shipping. All right, let's get back to this rocking episode. And then, sorry for the long story, but that's how I got here. Boom! I love it. No, I appreciate it. It's a, it's a nice walkthrough through everything of what you went through and the experiences and, and how you are where you are now. John Gray's amazing, isn't he? I got to hear him yeah. speak one time. It's, uh, yeah. I love his work. Um, so being in the relationships and getting into that, well, you know, you, I'm going to, I'm going to probably change it a little bit. We'll get to the relationship side, but yep. how hard was it for you? Because there's a lot of times people, they get stuck into an identity of who they are, right? You had, you came from the teacher, the dancing world, then you went into car and now you're a relationship coach and everything that you yep. do there. How hard was it for you to make the shift to reinvent who you are? Like I was a car guy and now I'm this, was there a struggle or was it more just, you're like, boom. I'm going this route, and that's the end of it. You never look back. I, it, it was, it was, it was, it was wide awake. I did it wide awake. The, nothing was an accident, right? With, with my my my, the dance business was amazing, and to this day, I'm still I'm a dancer. To this day, I'm a dancer. We, I still teach occasionally, you know, um, salsa with my wife and special occasions, right? So that's what look behind me. That's us. 
That's right? awesome. I ball, love ball, that. Ballroom dancing. That's that's our entire lives, right? And and the fantastic thing about this is, you know, the metaphors for dancing and relationship are the metaphor is incredible. So everything that you have to be as a dance partner, as a dance couple, is exactly what we need to know to be to create a healthy relationship with a partner, right? So we can talk about what that means later on in a little bit, but <clears throat> so. The dance career was amazing, but after 15 years and the celebrities and working with celebrities is interesting, as impressive as it is. At one point, I started not wanting to work and meet any celebrities that I love because I hate I would hate them. When you get to be part of that world, it's different than from the outside. <clears throat> so the glamour, not so much. <clears throat> Sounds amazing. Credits are amazing. It opens doors. Yes. But the reality, whatever. So I was in that place where. If we didn't start a family, I was going to go behind the scene even more and start producing, which is a different hustle. <clears throat> it's not easy, right? You're constantly hustling. But we started a family instead, which was the plan the whole time. I was actually waiting for her to be ready. So the transition was I opened the shop in Los Angeles because I was going to keep, instead of traveling around the world all the time, that I was going to do the work in town. I wanted to stay in town, right? If it's not work in town, I'm not doing it. So the shop was a way for me to stay grounded. My agent would not you know, for, feed me around the world. Was in LA, I'm staying in town. I'm having little kids. I'm not going anywhere. And uh, that was an agreement, except the shop, literally, I opened the doors and it filled up. <laughs> like it took over so quickly. Like it took 10 minutes to be successful. It just, it, it flew so fast that my head spun. And it would, took months for me to realize that I, I'm not dancing and I'm not auditioning anymore. Like, and I, can't say that I was missing it. The part of my body was missing it, but I, I was always at the gym. That's, that was my another, another sort of maintenance problem that I had. So I went to the gym more because I was dancing less, but I kept myself balanced and fit and thin and feeling strong. So it became a, but that was it. Like, it was just like, boom, <laughs> you know, you're now a, 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 a car guy, period. And now you, a, a gym rat on top of it. Okay, that works for me. So that all, you know, that, that, there was no transition there. I didn't get to even miss it. It was pretty quick, but that was just how it happened. It was outside of me. <clears throat> the relationship stuff was different because I, I was trying to keep the business as an ATM machine. You know what I mean? Just people own business and they own them and they don't have to be there, right? They just own the businesses and they collect. You know what I mean? I was trying to make that be. And as I was building the relationship business, the coaching business, I hired a great manager. He was so great that he actually expanded the business. So what happened is I'm thinking the, bit, the shop is running, right? I'll get out of the shop. I'll let him run it with the, the employees. And I'll just focus on growing this. Because whatever you focus, Tony Robbins, whatever you focus on, it's actually laws of physics, whatever you focus on grows. So I'm thinking, pull the focus over here, off of here, just go over here. So it'll transition, right? Energy-wise, time-wise. No, what happened is instead of this, that happened, it became this. <laughs> they both exploded. And, and then I could not, the formula is the more the business got big, the car business, the more it needed me, the more it needed me. It could not function without me. And I could not, it would not generate the salary to replace me would throw the formula upside down. It would become an hemorrhaging of money as opposed to a collecting of money. Do you understand what I mean? So it could not replace me and make sense of it. Excuse me, I tried for like seven years. Try every which way to make that work. It didn't work. Then I was faced with this is getting huge. This is sucking me dry. 
like 60 hour weeks and I'm working and get this. I don't know how I did it for five years. Plus I did both full times seemingly like I was doing full time shop body shop in the evening. I would do workshops. Like I would do special workshops, live workshops with the uh, relationship stuff. I had weekend events. I had two day events. I don't know how I did that. Like it was just for years, you know? And so, like I said, as the transition was not transitioning, it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually it became unbearable where something had to give. And I, I could not turn the shop into an ATM machine. But again, I owned the business. I grew the business. 20 plus years. I own the property. We need to jump. Like it became inappropriate. So my identity as a car guy did not fit my identity as a coach. Like I was so much more than the car guy anymore. Like it did its thing for my life, my kids and the structure of my life, but it was actually, it started feeling inappropriate out of place. Like, you know, and it took two years to shake it off and finally unload it. And then it became free to do this 100 miles an hour. And ah, so it was an interesting. So the first one was easy transition, second one, not so easy. Um, but clear that this was done and we're, now we're doing this and now this is done and we're doing this so stage one two three of my life very specific and very very different and incredibly fulfilling each one of them no i love that and then they all serve their purposes right you know the car business you wanted to be home with your kids and not miss that, an event and all that stuff and it served the purpose gave you the, the lifestyle you wanted and then and it I became time. And then you, yeah. I love how you share the story of like, uh, they both exploded, but then one was sucking me dry in a sense. And the other one, this is where I wanted to go. And it's because as humans, we hold on to things, right? And we know that we got to, intuitively, you probably knew, like, I got to leave this and go here. Yep. yep but yep. you, but in our mind says, no, 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 wait a minute. We can try to do this. Let's do this. And it's just like this inner battle that we have, right? Oh, straight up. And I'm ever thinking, like, if I could just let go of this coaching thing, I have a full business running. I could just let that groove and be part of it. You know what I mean? But not stress myself with this other thing. Like, if I just am happy with the car business, it's working. It's done. It's, I'm, I could chill, right? I could do this that I dropped in. Except my heart is going, that ain't it, dude. That's not who you are anymore. I had a calling. I still have a calling. I have a calling. And that creeped all the way through from the very beginning of coaching, but actually throughout my life, I had this thing, very interesting, because it took me all this time to get here, but I had this thing tugging in my heart, always, from like from as far as I can remember, even as a five-year-old, when I realized life was completely screwed, like, even though I was like, wanting to check out and really not be here anymore, uh, you know, honestly, it was too weird, that little tug was like, nope, no, no, you got to hang in here. There's something for you to do. Oh, like there's, there, there was a little tug that always kept me like, it's okay. It's, you know, there's something for you. Like there's something big for you to do. There's something big for you to do. Like, like this whisper in my ear, right? As a kid, as a teenager, when dancing kicked in and I became working with the big dogs, I thought, oh, I want to be a celebrity. That, that was a big thing. That's all I could put together. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. And then so when the business started, then I thought, well, I guess I'm just going to be a car. I could be these people's heroes. I could help them with their car because it was actually psychologically as well. I would be counseling my customers with their stress of the car problem. And so I'm like, no, but that thing never went away. So even about the car business, that tug, something huge for you to do, something huge for you to do. And then when that whole thing with the 
leadership dynamic with coaching kicked in. And I remember my dad died 11 to 12 years ago. And I was in Montreal driving to Quebec City for the funeral. And my sister was driving. She lives in Montreal. I flew into Montreal. We're driving to the funeral. And she's having difficulty with a marriage. And then there's a coach, right? I'm coaching her just in a conversation. And she says to me, oh, my God, you're really good at this. You know, you should teach this stuff. Right? That was, that's when it all came together. Like, I have to teach this. That's what it is. This is, this is, this is the freaking tug, right? Now, my purpose, the tug got more delineated. I, it took me forever to get here, like, to understand that tug, that whisper from God, right? That says, you're the guy who's going to put a dent in this cultural madness. You're the guy who's going to recalibrate relationship dynamics, men, women, a healthy relationship, healthy, loving, long-lasting relationship. You're, gonna, you're the one who's going to teach this to the masses. Took all this time to get here. It's amazing how it all, but when you look back, right, nothing makes sense. But when you look at back, back at the rearview mirror, then it, that's how you can put all the pieces together. Crazy. It's really quite crazy. As you always said, I was always a teacher, right? I was always a teacher. I was always a teacher. But it's, it's like sometimes when we get caught up in life, I, I love doing like reflective work and just like taking a step back, especially when you go through big transitions, because it kind of helps you understand like, hold on, this all happened for like for reasons. And if you look, it's there, you'll see it. And then it's like, OK, a little nervous to go into this, but I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like because you were a car guy, right? Your brothers were a car yep. guy, you were saying, right? Siblings were and so forth. So it's like you had that to go and change into that. But then there was lessons you learned there to help you take it to the next level here. And now this is, you know, there may be another level, but it, sometimes it's like, you know, when it, this is what you're destined to do. It's like it's just a, a endless fuel that you're just like, I just I can't. The more I do it, the more I'm more inspired. Yeah. But it, it was hard because every logical part of my brain is like, you're going to let this business go. To go into starting something brand new, it wasn't brand new, but it felt that way, right? Like I have to go after this new machine when I have this machine that's already working, that I put 20 years into, that I could actually sort of ease into, relax, and maybe, no, that's not what you're going to do. What? You got really? And I remember going, really? Like, like no? I, uh, really? Okay. Right? Like, it was such a, like... <laughs> difficult like unnatural seemingly right but the more i resisted that the more i the more i was in pain the more i was in pain the more there was you know like difficulties and unhappiness and inside out i felt inside out i felt inside out if you know that was my identity it wasn't but only something that so it, it, it was that one was hard that one was hard and difficult to peel back off life always you know the rule is life if you don't make the change life will make you change one way or another it knows how to do it um, before we wrap up, I do have one question for you. You brought yes, it up sir. earlier. I have to bring this up just because I, I love dance. I danced on for a lot, not professionally really? or anything, but just, just for fun and, yep. and so forth. Salsa and Latin dance has been a lot of my favorites in my early days. It was hip hop and, yep. um, whatever they used to, I forgot what they used to call it back then, but, um, how is dance related to a relationship? Oh my man. Thank you. Greek. Again, it's just like a collective, a collective element of my entire life. If you like, you know, how does dance relate to like? If you look at a ballroom couple, like you know, ballroom couple, 
what I see in our culture that's not working is we've, we, we, we've since, you know, the, the, the feminist movement kicked in in early 60s, late 60s, early 70s, the idea of giving women choice, fantastic, of course, <laughs> of course, right? Women had no choice. You became a mother or the wife, and, but also men had no choice. You just had to be the breadwinner, no choice, right? Some people will live on the outside of that, and we look at them as strange, but they, you know, they culturally, there was little choice. <clears throat> so with the feminist movement and wanting to liberate women or at least give them choice, women went into the workforce and started, you know, being able to live the lives as they pleased. <clears throat> Fantastic. You know, and so the idea of then the, the idea of equality kicked into this, right? Equality, like equal rights, equal pay, equal opportunity. Great, 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 great. I'm all over it. Do you know what I mean? And but the idea was always at the time, like for choice. So women could either choose to be mothers, you know, uh, wives and have a business at the same time. Right. But it became like this thing where, girl, you have so much more than that. You know, like you have to be a businesswoman first or you have to make your money first. And then because you can't trust men anyway. And what if they cheat on you? And, you know, they're cheaters anyway. So you can't count on them. So. You know, so your mother, the culture, you know, your father sometimes will teach you to not depend on anybody, but be independent. So we started raising women strong, independent, and powerful at 100 miles an hour. We used to teach men that way, boys, but now, no, we soften the boys, sweet, sensitive, talkative, talk about your feelings, what's going on inside of you. You'll feel better. No, some of it, yes, but I mean, to, to dismantle what masculinity is for men and to keep them from it or shame them out of it. Big problem, and you see it everywhere in our, in the way that's created. For women, empowering is great, but we empower them in a place where they don't know how to be feminine anymore, right? So we flipped the script. Now I'm, I'm taking it all the way over, right? I'm, I'm going all the way to the extreme. Uh, and this is the problem that I see now. This is what I'm fixing. Right? Like, so with, uh, with this equality idea, which is originally great, and what happened, this is what I saw happening, is that we go from choices for people, men and women having different choices and be able to live who they want to be, right? Without cultural frame. Beautiful. Equality across the board for opportunity. Beautiful, but equality, equality turned into like we need to be equal beings. Like not equality of opportunity, equality of no, we, we're equal beings. Like so that a man to be a good man has to act more like a woman. How's that going? Right, and for women to be more better women, they have to be more like men in the name of equality and fairness. And right, this is where the problem happened because equality, you know, equality for money's sake, for business sake, right, for opportunity's sake, is fantastic. In my world, equality in relationship is the kiss of death. It destroys everything. It destroys intimacy. It destroys polarity. It destroys attraction. Just like two magnets, they have to be polarized opposites and step together. Try to push two positive magnets together, you can't even get to touch, right? So, again, all I'm teaching is not my opinion. This is like everybody's, you know, researches in my own and a lifetime of researching this. The teacher in me has always done some level of this. And so, equality in the way that we transcribe it today doesn't work for relationships, right? So, ballroom dancing or dancing, the metaphors that are fantastic in this is that if you look at these, this couple, right, they're equally important, 
but they're not the same. What he's doing is completely opposite of what she's doing. And by the way, she's not passive, ladies. <laughs> the woman in the, her, her husband's arm or her dance partner's arm, she's not passive. She's actually very active. She does this a different part. They're complementary. They're not competing. They're complementary. So just like a relationship, you know, there's, <laughs> there's dance club, you know, there's disco dancing, I call it, right, which is on the floor face-to-face, but we're not touching, right? And this is how people do relationship nowadays, you know. They're living together, but they're not married. They're not have a shared, you know, bank accounts for expenses. They live independently with the idea that we're together. But they're not together. They're not doing this. So disco dancing until they get on each other's nerves and then she moves out or he moves out and they go disco dancing on somebody else, right? There's no depth of connection. There's no investment. There's no learning how to dance. They stay separate. So if you want a deep, profound, you know, relationship, you have to get on the dance floor. You have to get in each other's arms. You have to learn how to communicate and be complementary together. And together, you, two, two independent pieces create a different entity called the relationship. Ballroom dancers, to look, you know, you've seen ballroom dancers, they glide and you go, oh, my God, look at him go. It's beautiful. It looks effortless. Years of training, effortless, right? So that's what I'm teaching. Relationships, in order to flow and learn to ballroom dance, right, and to get in that flow where it looks effortless and they're communicating without talking even. They have this whole thing going on internally, together, physically, mentally, right? going on it takes practice and so in the beginning when you start dancing to learn to do this what happens you step on each other's toes you get on each other's nerves right if my leadership is not if i lead her i could lead her too soft but she's not sure what i'm leading her to so she'll try to guess what i'm doing and help and i get the elbow to the face that's happened i get the knee to the groin right like if i'm not clear enough it'll backfire right and she's gonna hurt me or she's gonna get hurt if i if i lead her too strong I could actually hurt her. So we have to get that place where she trusts me, right? To take her and not like spin her into the wall, right? And so she has to be vulnerable to me, but at the same time, she has to hold her side for me to be. You have to learn to dance together and build this. It takes training and it takes time, just like ballroom dancers. If you want that beautiful dance, you have to get on the dance floor and get learned. So here we go. So how do people learn from you? How do they follow you, find you, all your good stuff and whatnot? Beautiful. So uh, I actually have a gift for you listeners. Um, if you go to, I created this page just for this purpose. It's called you know, www.andregroupcoaching.com. It takes you directly to my calendar. And there's a few different options. But if you, if they, whether it's a man or a woman, you could book a VIP breakthrough session with me, breakthrough exploratory. And basically, if you're curious about what I do and how I can help you and your relationship, the dynamics, you know, that we get on a call, you just book a time, an hour call, and we get on a Zoom call like this. And basically, I go, what is this that's not working? What's the dream? Let me see how I can get you there, you know? So, but part of the work that I do on that call, even though there's an offer, obviously, I offer things to, to you know, uh, whether we work together or not is that the call itself, I go right into, it's a part of psychological or psychology work that I do, we go right into, nobody survives childhood unscathed, 
we all come out of that with injuries and belief system about ourselves, the world, people, men, women, right? Like so, and basically these become our filters for life. And some of us have some terrible filters, but anyway, so we peel back the onion in that session. And you know, women, especially, I hear from this woman, you know, when they can't end up, they can't get in a relationship with men, they can't seem to hang on to men or they can't even get a date from men. They get a first date. They never get a second date. And like this, this not working, not working. I'm lovely. I'm pretty. I'm still young. I have money. I have a car. I have an apartment. Nobody wants to date me. What's wrong with me, right? And often it's this pulse of being too masculine, which actually turns men off. It attracts boys, I call it. So that call alone, on its own, whether we even work together or not, is, is a very uh, uplifting and call it about discovering that there's nothing wrong with you it's what happened to you <sighs> now there's nothing wrong with you there are circumstances you get so we peel that back really quickly and then all of a sudden like and now we're here to learn this what do you want to do with it so then I, you know so that call alone even if you never work together is actually kind of <sighs> uplifting and hopefully they leave people with at least a belief there's nothing wrong with them so I love so, that Andre Coaching, andregoodcoaching.com for the calendar thing. Uh, my website is uh, projectequinox.net. Equinox as in, you know, the Equinox is the perfect place between day and day and light, daylight and dark. Get it? In the, like, right, the sweet spot, men and women, relationships. It's, it's the dance, yep. It's the dance, projectequinox.net. And there's like YouTube stuff and you get it. There's a lot of podcasts on there. And so you can spend the afternoon just playing on there. I have for the ladies, uh, a private group coaching on Facebook called Dating and Relationship Insights. It's completely free, but you have to, it's private. You have to be invited in. You just, you know, um, click in and we'll, we'll, we'll screen you in basically. But it's a free, totally free group. But I, I post every day and I teach live on there for free. So it's, it's a good way to just get into the community of inter- incredibly intelligent, beautiful women who want to learn this stuff because our culture, everything you learn in our culture will keep you from being to develop healthy relationship with men. If you believe what's happening in our culture, that go girl power is the way to be happy, that men need to be not to be are not to be trusted and they're the enemy, it's not working. Right. So like smart women know not to buy into this, but they don't quite know what to do with it. So that's the community that I have. And um other programs like you know one-on-one programs but you could start with yeah email me hook up book a call have a conversation go check out who i am i'm all over the internet and um but yeah free for your listeners if they're curious awesome and they'll be on the show notes listeners yeah uh andre andre this was awesome this was a lot of fun um love the work love the story love everything about you man we have a lot of synchronicities a lot of synchronicities here so i appreciate you brother and all the work you're doing thank you so much i appreciate the conversation thanks for tuning into the podcast if you found this episode to be inspirational pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this if this is your first time tuning in please follow us connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode and until next time keep rocking and rolling thanks for tuning into the podcast if you found this episode to be inspirational pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this if this is your first time tuning in please follow us connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode Until next time, keep rocking and rolling.